Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicleless. <coughs> I got a tickle in my throat. Jesus. Edit it out. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. Not 100% guaranteed chance of spoilers, but <coughs> burps and coughs. I would turn this off if I were you. It's just gotten ridiculous. What's next? Farts? Oh boy. <coughs> coughs again. Jesus. <clears throat> uh, spoilers? Yeah, that, that was a warning of them. Sure, I guess. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, oh god, uh, I'm not even gonna say it this time because that is ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Crazy Chuck's Evil Doll Emporium. I drank some juice, and I think I will probably not cough again. But who knows what terror lurks in the heart of men. Uh, okay, so this is the first, you may notice, which I don't think I've talked of this yet, uh, first horror movie I've brought back in the wild. Uh, the Mrs. Loves a horror movie, no doubt her favorite genre. Uh, and I have enjoyed them greatly in the past, but I found that every time I watched one recently, or months ago, weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, I would have a horrifying nightmare um, <laughs> that really mentally took a lot out of me. So, uh, decided not to watch any horror movies for a while. This is my return to them. My sort of thought is I'm probably going forward going to avoid the ones where it's like haunted house type, uh, uh, what is that, paranormal activity style ones, because those are the ones that seem to do it the worst. Like, I, I don't mind a gory, you know, Freddy Krueger, Jason, Slash Fest, uh, stuff like that doesn't bother me, but something about those more psychological ones, I think, maybe I don't like them anymore. <sighs> what are you going to do? Uh, here we're talking, one that was sort of on the verge of that, called The Boy. Uh, I reviewed a movie called The Boy not too long ago uh, that came out, I believe, in 2015 that has nothing to do with this one, which is ridiculous. How can you have two movies, back-to-back -back years, with the same title? Not only that, I think there's like a shit ton of movies just called The Boy. <sighs> Ridiculous. Uh, titles of movies should be like usernames. You can't have the same one. Take that, the boy. 
an American nanny is shocked that her new English family's boy, they didn't put that in quotes, but they should, is actually a life-size doll. Hmm. Uh, so is the doll uh, inha- inhabited by a dead boy? Who knows what terror lurks in the heart of dolls. <clears throat> uh, the stars a girl from The Walking Dead. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Lauren Cohen. Co- Cohan. Uh, she's good. Yeah, I-, I liked her in Walking Dead. Uh, I liked her in this. Uh, rating wise, I'd go with solid three. Yep, three some some cool four moments where uh, things will surprise you. I bet they did me. Uh, so there you go. Maybe I'll watch horror movies again after this, even though it wasn't that scary. Uh, next, moving on to Coin Heist. <clears throat> Excuse me, Coin Heist. Uh, this is is it my first or second or first of a handful of Netflix movies I've been watching. That is movies created by the company of Netflix. So they're getting into the movie making biz. They have been in the TV making biz, but now uh, going on to the big screen. Although not going on to the big screen, I do believe, because they're just making them for themselves. Huh. Interesting. I wonder how it works out for them. Uh, we're not here to talk about that, although this is movie monologue. We could talk about anything movie-related we want, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the movie itself, uh, united by dire circumstances. Uh, well, that's overstating it a bit. Uh, four unlikely allies uh, from school... Um, Band together to attempt the impossible. Steal from the U.S. Mint. Interesting. Uh, sort of a heist... <laughs> oh my god, I'm a fucking idiot. I was going to say, sort of a heist movie. The, the, <laughs> the name of the movie is Coin Heist. Yeah, obviously it's a heist movie, you fucking idiot. Uh, uh, heist movie with uh, uh, teenagers, though. So uh, I, I like the little twist on that formula. Uh, did they do it well? Yes and no. It's not, you know, as elaborate as a Ocean's Eleven, but uh, picture Ocean's Eleven with less people, a smaller budget, not stealing as much, and teenagers. <laughs> and that's what it is quite nice. Uh, that being said, I did enjoy it. Again, a solid three with maybe some four moments. Uh, next, moving on to American Sniper, I do believe award winning or nominated. Uh, from 2014, uh, and I can see why. Yeah, definite uh, Oscar bait could be a term for it. Uh, shit. Timer. Uh, that's okay. We'll pause the timer and talk about Bradley Cooper's performance in American Sniper. Very, very good. Uh, based on true events, true in quotes, I assume, uh, it's a sniper and sort of him how he deals with uh, killing people and then returning to real life and we sort of jump back and forth between those two things. Um, Fascinating just from a brain standpoint that human beings can be in these two situations, the quote-unquote normal everyday life and then go into these extreme situations where they are killing other human beings like you cannot expect them to not be affected by that 
Uh, and this movie explores that and does so well. I would say I am going to give it a solid 5 out of 5. Yeah, definite... Uh, and, and and if you are, if such a person exists who's a long-time listener of this, <clears throat> you will know that just because a movie like this, uh, Oscar Beatty, uh, everyone loves, I don't necessarily go in line with what other people say. I kind of just do what I like as far as ratings. So, you know, just to give you a little perspective there. Moving on to Circle, for example... I give it a 5 out of 5. I fucking love this movie. You know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. Just to emphasize my point, I'm going to bring American Sniper down to 4 out of 5. Just to emphasize that circle I enjoyed more. Which I did, definitely. Uh, held captive and faced with their imminent executions, 50 strangers are forced to choose the one person among them who deserves to live. I love movies like this. Because it's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's unlike anything you will have ever seen before. Uh, apparently I didn't realize it was based on a book. I want to read the book now because I bet you that would be pretty incredible. Uh, <clears throat> this is a movie that's quite often this idea of an entire movie basically taking place in one room. I find quite often that idea works well. Uh, and, and it's almost counterintuitive. Maybe you have to be in the mood for that sort of vibe. Uh, anyways, um, so the, the, the underlining story here is that uh, aliens come to Earth. Uh, they kidnap uh, 50 people. Each of the people are standing in a circle on their own individual circles. And one by one, they are killed. Uh, they are killed either randomly or, more often, uh, through voting. So, sort of a survivor, the television show, element thereof. Whoever is being a dick, uh, probably going to get to vote it off <laughs> and then be killed. Uh, and then it's a sort of last man standing situation. Very, very tense uh, throughout. Because uh, a person is killed, I think, is it every two minutes? Uh, I don't know how, and I was curious about this throughout, how accurate they stick to the timer. Do they sort of fudge the numbers at all um, for the purposes of uh, making the movie uh, more exciting or drawing things out? I don't know. It always felt like that next sort of countdown timer was about to happen. <clears throat> now, something I wanted to do with this that I... Uh, no, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to say who won, who was the last man or woman mm, standing. Uh, I will just say uh, it was sort of a mind-blowing ending that I enjoyed very much and hope you do as well. Let me know what you thought of Circle, you jerk. Circle jerk. <clears throat> Today's Television Talk sponsor is Good Vibes Auto Detailing, man. 
Okay, uh, as promised, we're going to talk the Grand Tour, specifically episodes three and four. I did say that I was going to attempt to only watch one episode a week. I have, for the most part, failed at that goal because I fucking love this show so much. Love these guys, love the show. Uh, yeah, primarily love these guys and their sort of goofy Three Stooges, minus the actual hitting most of the time, uh, interaction with one another. It's just the, the, the chemistry of these three, I think, is perhaps unparalleled. I'm trying to think of, take a group of three people from pop, pop culture, from, from real life, from anywhere, and I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, that would top them. Hmm. I'll tell you what, audience participation time, I try this from time to time and have never been successful. If you out there can think of uh, three, I'll even up it to four, just so you could throw in the Beatles, I guess. Uh, four people, men, woman, doesn't matter, uh, who exude a sort of chemistry that is so uh, appealing. Uh, if you respond to the address or Twitter name provided in the closing credits, I will talk about it on the show. Hey, audience participation completed. Okay, so uh, for these two episodes, what do we have? We've got uh, uh, episode three, Opera, Arts, and Donuts. Hmm, okay, uh, this is in Whitby. Uh, Whitby is the town that I think it said all of them grew up in, if I do recall. Uh, interesting Whitby fact is I think my mom lives near a town called Whitby here in Canada. Um, and a lot of our names uh, sort of originate from names over in England. For example, uh, I grew up, spent most of my life in a town called Bolton, which uh, there's a Bolton over there in England. So, hey, interesting fact that it's not interesting at all and has nothing to do with this, really. Uh, okay, so they brought their traveling tent to Whitby, uh, the English Quayside. Hmm. Quayside? Quayside. How would you say that word? Uh, coastal town. Uh, they introduce a modern take on traditional gentleman's tour of Italy. Yeah, so uh, they took the name of the show from something called a grand tour in which uh, sort of English gentlemen would uh, travel through, you know, Italy and France and, and sort of areas, vacation-y areas like that. Uh, would take their cars and just sort of tour around. They would spend, you know, the summer touring. Uh, <clears throat> sort of classic English gentleman idea. Which is uh, appealing. So they decided to do the same. Rather, <laughs> James May and Jeremy Clarkson decided to, to do that. Uh, 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 Richard Hammond, on the other hand, showed up in... Uh, what the hell did he have? Uh, uh, a sort of quintessential American car. Was it a Mustang? I'm pretty sure it was a Mustang. Um, is he unwelcome? Yes. <laughs> that seems to be one of the themes they have of this uh, show now, is that two of them will be sort of enjoying themselves, and then one of them will show up and ruin it. <laughs> Which I like. Uh, next, moving on, uh, I think this may be my favorite episode so far, Environmental. 
this is where they each built a car of a sort of environmental nature. For example, a car made entirely of mud. Uh huh. Uh, a car made of bones and skin and dead animals. Yeah, check. Uh, a car made of uh, like wood and twigs and sticks and flowers and grass and dirt. Um, I think <laughs> the one of mud was funny. That was uh, uh, James Mays. <clears throat> because as you can imagine, mud is very heavy. So when your entire car is made of an incredibly heavy substance and you're driving around uh, in fields of, of grass that can be wet, uh, you're probably going to get stuck, as did happen to him. He decided somehow, some way, to turn the mud into bricks. I didn't really understand that uh, understanding. Uh, and then his car broke in half. Really did not go well for him. Um, uh, the one made of meat with uh, Jeremy Clarkson started off okay, but as his car broke and he had to replace it with new bones and meat, the uh, stench and flies of the rotting meat uh, seemingly not very appealing. Uh, lastly, Richard Hammond's, his, uh, in a lot of ways, was just kind of cool. It was, uh, he had dirt uh, like dirt wheel wells so that the plants would actually be growing. Uh, it seems pretty comfortable. Uh, let's just leave it with saying that eventually at one point it did catch on fire, which is not great. Uh, overall, that was definitely my favorite. Uh, and that's sort of my favorite of Top Gear and these guys in general is when um, they each sort of buy or are given a car and have to do something to it in order to uh, sort of complete a task. Uh, complete a task. That's where the show shines its brightest. I do believe... <clears throat> Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Only the Shadow Knows Breathe Right Strips. Okay, a very rare uh, double book banter. Yes, that's right. Uh, I don't actually know what happened. Oh, you know what? I do know what happened here. I loved this uh, trilogy so much that I friggin' flew through the last two books, uh, Shadow Storm and Shadow Realm, which are of the Forgotten Realms universe, and are books two and three of The Twilight War by Mr. Paul S. Kemp. Uh, been a long time, been a long time, been a long, long, okay, went into a song there for some reason. Uh, yeah, been a long time since I remember not being able to put a book down. Uh, specifically happened in the final book, Shadow Realm. Uh, both of these are getting 5 out of 5. Shadow Realm may break my scale a little bit. Probably give that a 6 out of 5. Uh, just for the reason that there was so much going on, so sort of quick pace, jumping around from one cool thing to the other. Uh, I think I mentioned this in our first talk of the first book. What was it called? Shadow Bread? Um, something of fantasy, which is good for the purposes of making us uh, worry about 
if the characters are going to survive is if they're they're not super powerful. It's the sort of Superman quandary of uh, Superman is so powerful that his stories are kind of boring for the reason that really what's going to happen to him? He can do anything. Uh, who cares? The that sort of idea. Whereas Batman is just a human being. Uh, can sort of a, a bullet at the wrong moment in the face would kill him. <laughs> so uh, that's why uh, he's probably more popular, at the very least, most would uh, agree, more uh, more entertaining on that level of excitement of whether he's going to be okay or not. Uh, so quite often in fantasy, your characters will be more on the Batman side of things, which is perfectly acceptable. Uh, this one took a little more, a sort of further step towards the Superman side of things in that the uh, main character, uh, super, super powerful, uh, I will say as a sort of spoiler, towards the end of the the the, uh, the, the trilogy, end of the third book, at one point is even, uh, has godlike powers. Has a, a sort of, not a full god, but... Uh, him uh, and two other characters have sort of uh, pieces of an essence of a god, which make them just incredibly powerful, uh, and they could do some really cool things. Uh, one of the the other reasons I, uh, I thought. Uh, I may have liked this so much is because I've gotten so heavily into um, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, playing as well as uh, working on DMing. So. Uh, because this takes place in a very heavily sort of influenced Dungeons and Dragons world, the Forgotten Realms, uh, a, a lot of the terminology and spells and and, and uh, creatures and such that uh, you see or you see, well, you see them in your brain, I guess, that you read about are things that actually happen in Dungeons and Dragons. So uh, maybe that was where some of my my entertainment was building. Uh, really can't say enough about how much I enjoyed uh, the journey of a uh, super strong, somewhat dark, uh, sort of Batman-y in that regard, in the sense that he wasn't a uh, the main character, Everest Kale. Uh... Uh, he he was never uh, he was never good <laughs> like a good man necessarily he was just a, a man trying to do what was right despite all the darkness in the world which very batmany uh you know what uh, just on the name Everest Kale I realize I do have one knock of on this book a lot of the characters have uh, very similar names which makes keeping track of them sometimes ridiculous like. Uh, Edrin and Edlin, <laughs> Riven and Rivelin, uh, and other other of that nature, where they were so close that it's just ridiculous. At one point, a guy changed his name. Don't have your characters change their names. Ugh, still amazing. Loved it. Today's Game Gavin sponsor are is Beholder Eyes. Similar to our Dungeons and Dragons related books, I have recently revisited and hopefully we'll go back. Oh geez, hard to say. Uh, yeah, parts of me want to and probably will. 
I recently revisited Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Uh, Yes, uh, they were one of my... Let's... I'll just admit it because the missus will not listen to this. One of my too many purchases from the Steam Winter Sale uh, was Baldur's Gate. Uh, You know, I already had one of them. I think I had Baldur's Gate 2 and bought one. I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, Anyways, I decided to revisit both both of them... Part of the reason I did that is because of my um, recent Dungeons and Dragons going nuts with. <laughs> it's like I've had nights where I've literally had trouble sleeping because I was thinking of like character ideas and things I want to do. Oh, uh, for example, a uh, character that I'm going to create, if you've ever played Dungeons and Dra- uh, Baldur's Gate would be the first one, and I think he does make an appearance in the second one. Uh, the main bad guy, Savarok. Uh, so the character I'm going to create is a... Uh, 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 his name, well, his name is Savarok Jr., and he's going to be, instead of super, super evil and powerful... Well, he'll still hopefully be powerful. Instead of a super, super evil world domination type, he's going to be a freakishly good... Uh, doing good for the sake of good, no matter what the cost, character. So lawful good, obviously. Um, Basically, my thought is he's going to sort of rail against what his father was. He's going to be a tiefling warlock. Uh, Tiefling is sort of... um, well, it fits in well with what Savarok was. He was a ball spawn. So ball, B-A-H-L, is like a... Uh, like a devil, let's say, if we boil it right down. Uh, uh, and then he had uh, kids that were sort of half-human, half-him, devilly, And uh, that's kind of what a tiefling is. So it all sort of fits together, which is what I like. That's the thing about Dungeons & Dragons when it comes to um, how I like to roll. <laughs> Pun there. Uh, is really, really deep with the roleplay. Like, I never do anything for the sake of, say, making my character more powerful. Uh, there has to be a role-playing reason behind it. For example, uh, this is all game-gabbing, so even though we're not necessarily speaking Baldur's Gate here, uh, I could talk of Dungeons & Dragons, mix it all together in a super nerdy, probably nerdiest talk I've ever had on the show, uh, for example, uh, my character I'm playing now, uh, loves booze to the degree that, uh, last time we played, uh, we found this super, super strong alcohol that, uh, potentially, uh, I could drink it and hurt myself. It was so strong. <laughs> now, I as a character thought, oh, jeez, you know what, I'm gonna drink this and something bad's gonna happen. Uh, maybe my character will have disadvantage on dexterity rolls. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, maybe my constitution will be fucked up. Maybe I'll fucking kill myself. Um, but because his love of booze is so strong from a role-playing standpoint, I drank it. Uh, basically, I woke up the next day super hungover. I don't think... I think we sort of actually... I got lucky and something else happened right away that uh, the DM didn't realize he had the potential to fuck me there. Uh, Yeah, so uh, anyways, uh, all of this is sort of rolled together in a love of this type of stuff that mean Baldur's Gate is probably something, it's one of those things like Fallout where every couple of years I'll probably dust it off. (laughs) 
play it for, you know, five, ten hours, and then uh, not touch it, <laughs> which kind of saddens me for the reason that I've probably played... I've probably played the beginning of Baldur's Gate 2 like probably close to a dozen times if I had to guess. Uh, that being said, like it sounds like a ridiculous waste of time. Uh, the fact that I never get really far into the game, I sort of give up and move on to other things. But I like the whole character creation thing at the beginning. So uh, if that's fun for me, why not? Why not indeed? Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, 5 out of 5. Love them. Oh, these were the enhanced editions as well, I should say. Today's internet interwork sponsor is Dragons and Sex Dungeons. Oh god. I am really sticking to a theme today. I'll have to work that into the title somehow. Why did I make that the... I mean, why, why are they sponsoring this? Oh yeah, I remember now. Okay, uh, item the first. Uh, Jordan, Jesse, go. Yes, haven't brought these dudes back in a while and uh they recently did a uh let's go ahead and call it a 2016 catch-up catch-up it's like a catch-up but with an op at the end instead overpowered oh my god it's all coming together uh anyways what happened is uh jordan apparently hey that's my name uh was hit on the head by a coconut and then forgot all of 2016 and Jesse had to then explain all the things that he missed. Uh, it was a combination of that exact scenario and then a bit of a clip show as well. So a, a sort of best of feel to it. Uh, uh, and just a little slice of awesome. Podcasty, slightly different than a normal episode. Trying something new idea. And for that, I brought it back here for you to know of it. Uh, potentially, actually, a good episode to uh, dip your toe into Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, it'll give you some clips from past episodes. It won't be a quintessential episode itself, but you'll sort of know what it's about a little bit, I think, I hope. And uh, I hope you like it. Uh, moving on to uh, You Made It Weird with guest Andy Richter. Yeah, uh, last couple of days... Uh, maybe a week, uh, being seeing uh, Andy Richter a lot lately. Uh, shoot, was he plugging something? He, he must be. I always find when there's a, if you're a sort of podcast listener or a, a late night talk show viewer, uh, you'll see periodically someone will sort of just be on everything. <laughs> It'll be like a week or two where you see them like every single day. Uh, it happened with uh, Norm Macdonald not too long ago and seemingly happening with Andy Richter now, which I love because he is one of the f just funniest people, uh, period. To, so to hear him on uh, You Made It Weird with host Pete Holmes to, uh, you know, joke and laugh and talk about funny things, but then also, because it's You Made It Weird, they'll dip their toes, which is an expression that I've already used once on this episode for some reason, into just about anything, from uh, from death to 
religion to you, God damn name it. Everything. Anything, nothing is off limits. And uh, I find you could sit with someone and ask them questions and they can answer them. Or you could sit and have a discussion about whatever comes up. And probably you're going to get to know the real person better than just a series of questions asked and answered. Huh? Uh, next, moving on to super fan builds. Oh yeah, stumbled across this through D&D the other day. Oh my god, what has become of me? What has become of my brain? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, a, an incredibly built, uh, Dungeons and Dragons table with like a built-in, uh, television and built-in, like, drawers and all sorts of crazy cool stuff that would be an amazing table to play Dungeons and Dragons with. Uh, so, once I saw that, I, I found that there was quite a few more. There was a, a, a Zelda-inspired pool table. There was an Archer-inspired bar. Uh, cool little ideas like that makes me wish for something of that nature. You know what, I, of, of all those, if I had room for a pool table, that would be cool, but I don't. Uh, definitely the table, the Dungeons and Dragons table. Awesome idea. Uh, okay, so moving up to our last item is the Howl app. And this affects internet intercourse in particular uh, because it has to do with podcasts moving behind a paywall. Yes, so Howl is the, uh, the, the, the app, the program, whatever you want to call it, um, that the people over at Earwolf use to distribute their podcasts, their premium podcasts. So um, they'll have some things that are only available there, and they'll have all their sort of normal stuff available there, minus the ads. Uh, so what has recently happened is they've taken every podcast except for those from the last six months and put them... And put them on this thing, this Howl app. Uh, and you need a subscription that you have to pay for uh, in order to get all of that content. Uh, now that's good because they need to make money. Um, apparently the money made from the ads in the podcast, not enough, I guess. Uh, people who make podcasts should... Uh, make money. Yeah, that's the, they're not just doing it for the goodness of their heart. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's funny me saying that on a podcast where I am doing this with no thought of ever making money at it. Uh, I'm not doing this because I think, oh yeah, this is uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make some money. No, that that is not a thought. That uh, well, I should say it's never crossed my mind because obviously I just had that thought right now. But uh, it's not something that will ever happen. So, uh, anyways, but but they have other jobs. They're performers. They're the they could take the time that they're podcasting and devote them to other areas that would make them money. Yeah, that that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Whereas I am doing this, you know, after work. So who cares? Uh, after a sort of nine-to-five job, right? Uh, so, uh, I don't begrudge them that. It's just with the abundance of podcasts out there and the fact that I, as a general rule, have never been one who re-listens to podcasts, I never thought this would affect me at all. However, uh, if you've listened to the last, 
I forget when, not too long ago on this podcast, I've mentioned that I have started to revisit Nerd Poker. Uh, it's the first time I've ever started a podcast from the beginning, listening to it again. Uh, I've been enjoying it so profusely that I brought it back here to talk about. Uh, it is, oh my god, what is happening to me? It is guys playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Jesus. It's an addiction, I think. I I didn't think, but after listening to it come up so many times on this, maybe it is. Oh, my God. I I need some sort of group to talk to about it. Well, you know what? I do have a group to talk to about it. It's the guys I play Dungeons & Dragons with, so there. (sighs) Anyways, uh, so now I'm sort of stuck here with the thought of... Do I pay this monthly fee, which is by no means large, it's that whole sort of, you know, cup of coffee or this idea, Uh, or do I try to find the Nerd Poker episodes, or do I get it for a month, uh, you know, download all the episodes and then cancel it? Uh, I'm at sort of a crossroads and I don't know what to do. Um, I could probably afford it, but you know what? I used to be like a loot crate guy. And because I'm trying to save money for uh, stuff, house-related stuff, um, we want to get our front yard redone, and I have to start saving for that, or the wife will kill me. Uh, I've never been in debt and don't want to be in debt, so this is not a decision where you have to sort of think about things like this. You don't just say yes, even though it seems like an obvious choice. That's uh, finances 101. Don't just say yes, even though... It's only a couple of bucks, quote-unquote. Saying it's only a couple of bucks a million times means it's a million bucks, right? Mm, That's probably a dumb saying. (sighs) Well, there's a burp. Which doesn't help anybody. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper